Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. The reality is that people are individuals and individuals have different genes, different genetic makeup, different characteristics or personality traits. And these differences can play a role in what we find enjoyable, what we find difficult, what we have a natural tendency to pick up easily and what we kind of have a hard time picking up on. A recent study that I heard about that, that actually surprised me was scientists who look at introversion versus extroversion and discovered that playing loud music in a hospital causes some babies to turn towards the music and other babies to turn away from the music. And guess what? Later on in life, those babies who naturally felt inclined to turn towards the music were more likely to be extroverts. And those babies that were naturally inclined to turn away from the music were introverts. Fascinating, but really, really important information here. And the reason that's so important is because these differences can play a large role in what abilities we develop. We're more likely to be successful when we choose activities that align well with our natural gifts and abilities. And we're going to, because we enjoy them more, we're going to see success sooner. Uh, And so if we work with that reality rather than fighting against it, the reality that we are individuals and that we do have differences, if we can work with that rather than fight against it, we're going to see greater success. And that is one of the important ways that we can push the odds in our favor, especially with the big issues, the things that matter the most, which for those of you who are listening to my podcast, it is your college prep. Let's talk about that. You know, I love the example that boiling water can make an egg harder, but make a potato softer. And individuals are the same way, aren't we? We get into certain situations and that situation is going to turn one person on fire. They're going to just be loving life and another person is going to be scared or maybe not scared, but just turned off. And we can see this in very obvious ways, right? Some of the most obvious, look at professional sports, for example. Simone Biles must be the greatest gymnast in the history of the world. And here she is. Her height is about four foot seven, four foot eight. Her body size and body proportions are just perfect for gymnastics. But she would have a very difficult time competing in a sport like basketball, for example, where the average height in the WNBA is somewhere around six feet tall this year. And those are just natural. The genes that she has and the genes that these other women have in the WNBA, you know what? It's very difficult to change those genes. Now, let me be super duper clear here. I understand if you're feeling some resistance as you're listening to this and saying, well, hold on. There are plenty of people who beat the odds. If it's important to you to go be a basketball player and you're four foot eight, go do it. And I agree with you, right? I I love people who defeat the odds. I love the fact that uh, when I was growing up, there was a one-armed drummer who was one of the best drummers in one of the greatest rock bands. Um, And I remember a one-armed pitcher when I was growing up in uh, in Major League Baseball. I I love these stories. I think they're amazing. I think they're inspiring. Absolutely love them. And as far as we know, each of a normally functioning brain is capable of becoming an expert in all of the different academic pursuits. So as far as academia is concerned, at least as far as we understand right now in neuroscience as we understand it today, we can all develop all of these different academic disciplines. And if you feel like you just, you're not born to be a mathematician or English comes hard for you, there probably are some differences, 
But most of those differences are probably foundational lapses. And the fact is that you can be great at language or great in mathematics or great in whatever it is that you feel like you struggle in if you build the foundation to be great. And building that foundation means you start wherever you have that gap, right? Fill those gaps in the foundation so that you can build a strong core, academic core above that foundation. And then you're going to enjoy that subject significantly more. And you'll find that you are good at math or English or whatever, foreign language, whatever your kind of struggle as you see it is now might be. One last idea is that genes truly do not ensure success. They do not ensure failure. Even if you think that a person is gifted in some area, you look at someone who's a virtuoso violinist, for example, or a concert pianist, or a professional athlete, or whatever the case may be, and you may feel like, man, she's just got the right genes for this. She's just so naturally talented. It's so easy for her. She might have better genes than you. That possibility exists. But you can't know that until you put in the reps that she's put in. Until you've worked just as hard with just as much focus over just as long a period of time as her, you can't know how your genes might stack up to hers. And so we can't make comparisons and and just kind of shrug off great success or great accomplishments, or we can't shrug off failure, and we can't just kind of discount it all to genetic predispositions, all right? If you're not putting in the work, then of course you cannot know what potential you have for success. Now, having said all of that, let's talk about college prep. Once you have created that academic foundation, the next step is to build your personal profile. The college admissions officers at the most selective colleges are not necessarily looking for the smartest, the hardest working, or the most qualified people. If you're honest with yourself, look at the numbers. I mean, how many valedictorians are applying to these top tier schools and how many are getting in? And how is it possible? How could you, if you were the admissions officer, how could you decide which valedictorian was most qualified, was smartest, was the best? It it becomes an impossible endeavor. And admissions officers, to their credit, are not even pretending to try to find the most qualified people. What they're trying to do is find the best possible combination of students to create a very interesting and outstanding class. All right, so how do you become interesting and outstanding, someone that really stands out and that makes the admissions officer want to say, this person would be a really valuable addition to our freshman class? The way that we do that, if you've listened to me before, and again, go back and listen to previous podcasts to catch up on this, but the way that we do that is, first of all, we need to become as clear as possible about your core values. Once you are really clear about your core values, then you move to the next phase, right, of this journey. The next phase is to find a problem in your community that violates your core values. Because once you find a problem in your community that violates one of your core values, then you can begin to ask the right questions. You can begin to be an investigative journalist around this and find ways to begin meaningfully solving the problem. As you do that, guess what happens? You create the rules of a new game. It's very difficult, almost impossible to become the best physicist in the world or the greatest mathematician or greatest linguist or greatest violinist or greatest whatever. But it's far more realistic and far more possible for you to create your own area of expertise and to become the best at that thing. So rather than becoming the greatest, I don't know, historian in the world, can you become a historian of your community 
and how the history of your community has impacted minority rights or women's rights or some other group of people that you care about, and you know that their rights have been violated in some meaningful way that, that violates your core values? And can you become enough of an expert and become aware enough of the issues in this field that you can pull together experts from around the world, or at least from around your community and around the United States, pull together people who are researching and actively working to solve this problem, and find ways to meaningfully improve the lives of these people who are marginalized because of some historical context that you can bring out to light? There are a number of ways that you don't have to become the greatest historian in the world to show that your ability to synthesize history can meaningfully impact your community. Now, this idea, this concept of playing a game where the odds are in your favor and creating the game so that the odds are in your favor is called the impact project. In order to get there, we have to first identify your core values, and then we can pick a problem that violates those core values that you can begin working to solve. Once we're there, once we've found the problem, I have a few more steps for you. Again, first you have to find your core values. So step one, find your core values. Step two, choose the problem that violates those core values that you begin to solve. Choose your impact project. Number three though, as you step out beyond the impact project and become an investigative journalist, discover the problems within the problems, the issues that are within the issues within the issues that you can actually work towards solving move out of that naive stage where you think that the problem is simple and easy to solve and why doesn't the government do this or why doesn't the school do that and move out of that naivety towards actual understanding of the issues within the issues so that you can target something that is meaningful to you. Then once you're there, that's three big steps in. Find your core values, pick your problem, investigate that problem and ask the right questions to really get down to the problem within the problem that you can isolate. Then you move on to advice that is really, really valuable. Okay, so step four, make it easy. All right, how do you make it easy? Well, remember, if you're four foot eight, focus on gymnastics. If you're six feet tall or taller, focus on basketball, right? Like find the areas that, that come easily or naturally to you. Find those things that, that you're able to endure easier than others. Find the things that you do that are easier for you than for other people. Number four, make it fun, all right? How do you make it fun? Use peer groups, right? Work with people who you love working with. That's the idea behind a podcast that I recorded a while ago called Start Small and Build Momentum. Massive, massive idea for success. And finally, the last one is find the intersection. Combine your skills and loves to create your own game. Rather than trying to create an impact that you've seen others create before you, pave your own path. Tailor your impact to the things that you care the most about, the things that you are willing to work harder than others for, you know, where other people might quit because the going gets tough. You're not going to quit because you have a higher threshold. You're willing to work harder beyond that point. Take your experiences and your resources and your interests and your values and look at them and find the intersection of the things that you're willing to do, the things that you love to do, the things that you'd be willing to figure out so that you can help out in certain ways and create your own impact. Rather than following someone else's path, create your own impact project at the intersection of your strengths, your interests, your values. And if you'd like help along the way, 
I have created an online course that is designed to take students from step zero, where they don't even know what their interests or passions are, all the way to the end. And in order to get there, we have to figure out your core values, which if you're listening as a teenager, you might be shocked to learn that for most of you, your parents, your teachers, and most of the adults in the world around you have not spent the time to really think critically about their core values. Many of them don't know because they've never had an opportunity like this. And if you're a parent or a teacher, think about how much this can impact your child. Think about how much understanding their core values would mean for them, where they don't have to look around outside of them to figure out what to do at any given moment. They can look inside to their core values and make choices on a daily basis that align with those core values. That is what leads to confidence. That is what leads to skill development. And that is what leads to the ability to execute real impact in the real world. So we move from phase one, figuring out your core values to phase two, figuring out your impact project to phase three, applying those things in a really successful way to your application to build your personal profile so that you come across as exactly the kind of person who is interesting and exciting and outstanding. Someone who is going to fit right in at top universities around the country. This course that I'm describing is called the Ivy League Challenge. I'd love to work with you or your teenagers in the program, but even if you don't join the challenge, I want to encourage you to recognize that you have strengths, you have differences that are unique to you because of your genetic makeup, because of your personality traits. So be realistic along this path. Know your success is not determined by your genes. You need to put in the work and you need to decide that this is important enough to you to go do something with it. But recognize the reality. You are an individual. Leverage your strengths, your interests, and your values to create a real impact in your community so you can stand out and become exactly the kind of person that these highly selective schools will be excited to have on their campuses. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.